Corso and Catone. I think, I think, well, listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, would you have caffeine today? What the hell is that up here? Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome into Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. I'm Corso. Back with us after what seems like about 14 years is Catone. Joe is with us in the booth, and you're always with us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or wherever you podcast. And listen, check us out on Twitter. Of course, our heated hotline, 855-313-PATS. Give us a call. Have a take. They've been great. So keep them coming, 855-313-7287. Got a good show, a little bit somber, you know, got to go over in weekly rewind. What went wrong with the Celtics? We'll discuss it. And uh, I Catone, know what went wrong. Catone's comment. Here he is, everyone. Catone's comments is, is back. <laughs> is back. And we're going to hear from you in the heated hotline and real deal. Let's wrap up minicamp. So, gentlemen, uh, Mark, Joe, even Joe, welcome back, guys. Welcome. Welcome. I mean, I, I had a little adventure last week. You, those of you on, you know, listen on iHeart, you can't see that I got like a, a cast on my. Yeah, wrist. He's in a full so, body cast. You know, everybody on iHeart. I fell off off. a ladder last week, Chris. Imagine <laughs> she's got me painting. Me. <laughs> well, we're going to have to get what happened. You know, I mean, come on. Everybody wants to know what I happened. I was painting home. columns outside my house, and I, instead of going and getting a larger ladder, I'm lazy. I'm leaning, this, that thing. Bends tips and please, it was a disaster. Mark lives at the Parthenon. I mean, he's he's got columns. It's oh like, yeah, I got columns. Oh yeah, right. I wish it was Caesar's, right? And and then uh, you know my leg got cut. I fractured my wrist. Yeah. Please, a disaster. But tell but tell the people, okay, well, what which rung of the ladder were you standing on? Just so well as well, a me, PSA, as a PSA, the top, <laughs> the very top, the, the top. top. Yeah, because I was one... trying to reach. So, so the one where the step below it has that yellow caution line thing that says, yeah, "Do not yeah. stand on that top step." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. You were, you were maybe. On the yeah. But you're okay then. You're all right. No, other than yeah, I'm good now. Okay. All right. Yeah. And Joe, how are we feeling right. back there? He's alive. I'm alive. We're all alive. <laughs> yeah. We're all alive. The only one dead are the Celtics. Which we're going to talk about uh, right now. Are we ready for weekly rewind, gentlemen? Probably not. Well, let's get ready and let's get to it. Weekly Rewind is right now. Going back, back, going back through the week for a weekly rewind. rewind. So the Celtics dropped the series to the Golden State Warriors, and uh, my God, the Warriors seem to turn, just put their foot on the gas starting in game four, and they never look back winning three straight to drop the Celtics uh, in uh, the first championship series we've been in about 12 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something 12, like that. 12 years. So Celtics drop, Mark, what went wrong? Well, let me just clarify for everyone. What, before we get into the analysis of the series, I am going to say what went wrong. The reason the Celtics lost was because of the second part of this show, well, first half of this show, Corso, 
Christopher Corso is the reason the Celtics lost the championship. I don't even play basketball. Now, yeah. Now, you might want to know why. Yeah, I want to know. I'm going to tell you why. You know why. So, now he's trying. He's going to try to cover for himself. I don't know why. Let me me finish. So, now, a few, this going back several years. I'm going to do the show alone from now on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe, he was struggling last week. He was struggling. Listen, so several years back, the Patriots were in the Super Bowl, and my my father very innocently went and bought my son uh, AFC Conference Champion T-shirts, right? And of course, let me finish, and of course, the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. So my son said, what? Don't ever, ever buy those ever again. Jinx, curse. Don't buy those. We're champion. We we play for championships, not Eastern Conference titles. He said, you know, in this case, it was AFC Championship. We don't play for those. We play for Super Bowls. Don't give me that crap. Okay, great, Mark. Never again did I ever buy my son. We never bought anything like that. So now this week, Christopher, great gesture, sends me his partner. Don't sound like you're too Listen, appreciative, my God. Joe, he sends his partner, a, a, you know, Eastern Conference champion T-shirt, an NBA Finals hat, right? Real nice gesture. Something you never do. My son walks in the house that day. He sees it on my. I, he was came in my room to ask me something. He sees it on my bed. He said, "Oh, what's this?" And he picks it Which, up. By said, the way, you you still haven't even said thank you. Well, I I get to that in a minute. Well, I saved it for the show. <laughs> That's why I didn't say thank you because I wanted to surprise you. So now. My son says, what's this? I said, well, Uncle Chris sent it. He said, what the hell's wrong with him? He said, what did he send this this for? He said, you know the Celtics are finished. Now they lost. I said, yeah, you know what, Mark? You're right. This was after game five, I think it was. No, game four, maybe. They, the box came in. He said, they lost now. What the hell did he send this for? I said, I don't know. He's trying to do something nice. He said, you never send these. Never, never, never. <laughs> in 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 a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing uh, a superstition show. Well, there's a superstition. Gonna, we're we're going to be doing a show that talks about sports superstitions and all of our stupidity that we, well, that, that we that, have. Well, that's one of them my okay. son has. Here's the thing. Guarantee. Here's the thing. I don't have that superstition about that thing. If you did... And he did. You're he, listen, he better be mocked. You, you, listen, Junior, if you had that superstition, somebody got to let me know because I don't have it. So because I don't have that superstition, how the hell does that apply in this situation? Be, that would be the case if you got it from me, right? Not the other way around. Ooh, that that's a good question. we got to bring up a superstition. That's what I do for a living. We're going to bring that up. Yeah, but listen, you're the reason the Celtics lost. Yes, but hold on, hold on. I ordered it before the series began. Therefore, I ordered it 30. You know what? You know what? Here's the problem for, for this. Yeah, you know what? He may be right. But here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the problem. I, 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 the, the, for me, the superstition is really only through, it's really the Patriots for me. And you know, there's really no other sports. But, you know, now thinking back. Um, for a moment, you would have never be, done that in a page for the Patriots. He, never, ever. But here's the thing, okay? Here, here's the thing. After I ordered it, yep. Okay. Two days later, I started think. I did actually start thinking about that, and I said, <laughs> you know, 
Why? We're, it's a nice we're, hat, by the way. I love, we, I love the hat. Well, that's all we got now, so <laughs> enjoy it. But I said to myself, you know, I would never really do this for the Patriots. What I just did here, like, I don't. What do I want a conference thing for? Who cares? You know, and um, I don't know. It just got away from me because it was the euphoria of getting to the to the finals. I was like, this is awesome. I'm gonna get marked this. I'll be late at birthday. Joe, gift. it was a nice gesture, right? He so he texts me the other day and he says, "Oh, by the way, did you get the stuff?" I don't answer him. No, I'm all. waiting. I'm waiting <laughs> and I ask you about your arm. Hey, next oh. time you get out of ladder, I'm gonna be below and I'm gonna kick the freaking no, leg off from the I didn't finish the job, Joe. Because I'm waiting for this show. I was waiting for this show. <laughs> I will say, well, I agree with your answer, counselor. I do agree with your answer. However, yeah, it I is still, still going to lose this like trial. I've done something like this. It me. is. It is very unlike me. If I, well, you guys are all going to know how unlike that it, it is for me in a couple of weeks when we talk about the superstitions. And by the way, Joe, throw up the email too because we want to hear from you about what your sports superstitions are. Start getting those in now so that we can we can talk about that. But you, you know what, Junior, you're right. You're right. My bad. So not only do I have to live with 2007, now I have to live with 2022. Hey, let's just go for the Bruins and the Red Sox, too. The hell with it. Yankees, well, every time. Let me uh, screw those things up, too. Well, okay. Well, now, by the get... way, you did screw up 07, but we're not... we'll get into that when we talk about the Super You've Super gotten Super into that enough. You know, you've gotten into that quite enough, Mr. Catone, with your broken arm. Uh, tell us why, though. Why did they lose this series, Mark? What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? What the hell's happening there? Chris, they, they, they just became, it seemed like they became, well, first of all, let's say this. I think Golden State was a heck of a lot better than you and I gave them credit for, right? I mean, we knew they had Curry, obviously. Everybody knew they had Curry and, and, and Thompson, but Thompson wasn't 100%. But the rest of that team and what some of those guys did, like Poole and Wiggins, especially Wiggins, I, we, we really underestimated, I think, what they actually had. Did anybody that, see that right? coming, though, with yeah. those guys? No. Know. And, and defensively, Chris, they were a hell of a lot better than we thought they were. I mean, yeah. we didn't, neither one of us realized they were the number two defensive team in the league. No, I didn't. Pretty much most of the season. And that kid, Wiggins, he's almost like a shutdown guy. I mean, Tatum's getting a lot of shit. But let me tell you something, that kid, Wiggins, is a defensive player, boy. He, he was on him. He was inside his shirt every game. I mean, you know, you got to give them a little bit of credit defensively you can't just keep bashing you know brown and tatum and yeah they could have could they have played better absolutely i mean they just got too reliant chris on the the driving dish driving dish driving dish they, yeah. they did nothing else like the offense like got stagnant that's the only thing they were doing i'm glad you brought that up um about their um you know, about, about their defense, because yeah, you're right. We, ne we never talked about that, about how good the Warriors defense actually is. And, and it showed up in this series. I mean, when you watch the other series against, I mean, Dallas, that's Doncic. I mean, the rest of that team, you can't even name anyone else on that team. Yeah. So I don't think they had a, a, a real huge test coming into this finals, Golden mm -hmm. State. This was the first one they were going to have. And I don't, you're right. We didn't realize it. And guys, guys like Poole, even Porter, you know, Peyton, these guys coming off the bench, completely outplayed our bench. I mean, flat out. And when you, we talked about this in like November, October, November, we used to, we, we had this little talk about golden state because you had a feeling it would be golden state in the finals. And I said, look, we're not playing as well as we could. Our talent shows. And you said the benches are just too completely different. Well, that changed for the Celtics in the second half, but not in this series. So 
And I'm glad you also mentioned about Tatum. Uh, I didn't listen to anything the two days, day or two after everything, because I knew that all I would be hearing is how Tatum's not mentally tough enough. And I don't want to hear that. I really don't want to hear that. You got to give he's this in this series. No, he wasn't ready. No, he wasn't ready for the stage. Okay. Um, and what you talk about all the time about him, you know, is he's not the alpha and so on. And maybe he will be, I don't know, 24, but their defense, man, stifling. It really was. I mean, those two guys couldn't get any space and then they just turned back into what they were in November. No ball movement, guys sitting on the perimeter. Yep. Um, Tatum and Brown trying to drive that lane and then not kicking too, too not making or, or deciphering the play too late, you know? And that's and that's what you had here. And you're right, guys stepped up for that team that we we didn't expect to happen. But obviously turnovers, Mark. I mean, the turn if you you go to one stat and you can you can look, they had 12 turnovers in like the first eight minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes of Game six. Game six, Chris, Golden State had, I think, 20 points or so off of turnovers and another 20 points or so off of second-chance points, offensive which rebounds. offensive rebounds. So that's 40 points. I think they only scored 103, Chris. Right. So they scored at, at least 40 of those points off of offensive rebounds and turnovers. How are you going to win a game? You can't. No, no, and 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 that's and so we talked about it during the games. We said, you know, this is all happening on the offensive side of the ball. Our the def look, the Celtics. Listen, you hold Golden State to 103 points, Chris. You should beat them on average. On average, yeah. You and should the beat fact them. that because that's a team that can score 120 blinking. Yep. You know, and get that yep. done with their perimeter shooting. So yep. you know, the defense was excellent. I thought the defense, even though he had his. I still think the defense was excellent on Curry. I re- I've not seen a team be able to front him and 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 stick on him the way they did. Have you all no. season long? No, no. So I, mean, I get it. He still had his, and he had that one game where Listen, he went he's off. A, he's but, a Hall of Fame player. He's gonna get his. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. But again, when it was crunt, when when it, when push came to shove, they locked down on him somewhat. It's the other guys you did. So I didn't have a problem with their defense at all. It's, you're right. Everything on the offensive side of the ball was a turnover, the offensive rebounds, and all the points off. Yeah. But now we look. So so go deeper into this turnover situation because I have a I have an idea as to why there's so many turnovers. But what why they turn the ball over so much? First of all. I will uh, a couple of things. I think first of all is there was no. It didn't seem like Udoka had any set plays. Chris, he tried a couple. It looked like in Game Six, right out of the gate when they got that ten point lead, right out of the gate, he set up a couple of plays. It looked like they had set plays for Horford to yep. take advantage of their height under the basket, and then all of a sudden, Golden State had a couple of turns, took a couple of balls away from them, scored. Got into a little bit of a flow, and it seemed like the Celtics got away from that and said, okay, we're going back to what we, we've been doing, just kick it and shoot it, kick it and shoot it. Where I think they would have been able to handle the ball better if they had some set plays, key set plays that they went to. Because I think against that team, listen, I'm going to use an old adage, and, and I'm going to show my age from the old days of HBO boxing. And when they used to have real pay-per-view fights, the, the legendary fights like Hearns had. HBO and boxing. Like remember, remember listen, listen. Reference. Remember Jim Lampley 
and yes. the fight doctor Bernie for, Bernie Pacheco. Right. And 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 the, what the hell was his name? Uh, Larry the, the Merchant. Fight, the fight doctor. The fight doctor, Bernie Pacheco, and, and yeah. Larry Merchant. Drooling those guys. But yeah. those guys used to say, "Chris, Styles make fights." Yeah. Right. And in this particular series, Styles makes fights because Golden State had a style and a the way they could play defense. It was just a we didn't know it or realize it. It was a tough matchup for the Celtics. Yeah, because they had those guys, those wing guys that can fly off the ball and make steals. They were quick with their hands. They could fill gaps. I don't think we realized that they could do that. So when you, you know, styles make fights. This was a team that was built to really play against the Celtics dish type of driving dish offense. The the big to me. Yeah. And and to, to piggyback off that, you know, the issue we didn't understand and what the Celtics hadn't encountered up to this point, at least in the playoffs, was a perimeter team like this. A team that had guys outside outside, outside the paint that could guard and defend starting high. Yeah. You know, the the, the whole, the whole the, you know, Marcus Smart, you saw it in that huddle in game one or two or whatever it was, um, give those guys the instructions. They start high on Curry. Get up high on him and then drop to the paint. Well, they, they did the same thing. You saw Golden State, their perimeter defense starting up high was – Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's that's where it began. So the ball movement and the spacing wasn't there to begin with. And yeah. now you're left with with, with uh, Tatum and Brown driving the lane, the double coming, them not recognize recognizing the open man soon enough, and then they get bogged down in there. And the, and the ball movement died too. And to me, what it exposed the most, Mark, is the ball handling issues the Celtics have. Okay, that's what that type of defense and that perimeter situation there exposed. They they don't have a guy. Brown is atrocious handling the ball. I mean, he was awful in this series. And and Tatum wasn't a hell of a lot better when he got into traffic. Those guys need to play in space. What you're missing is a guard that can handle the ball in those circumstances. That can be somebody face him, front him, get up on him, and still be able to move that ball. And create and create the create the ball movement, and they don't have it. Well, now, Marcus Smart, White wasn't and good I enough. Think, and I think Chris that we we but forgot I about heard that. that Mark. No, but I, I think we forgot about that. You and I brought that up earlier in the year, and then they went on that streak, and Smart was playing better, and 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 we forgot about. Well, you need someone that can really be a ball handler and handle the ball. We forgot about that because they went on the streak, and, and the teams they played in the Eastern Conference. To your point, what you just said, Chris, didn't have the personnel to do what Golden State just did to them. So it really didn't show itself. Maybe a little bit in the Miami series, maybe. But that absolutely was a glaring, you know, I was listening to these people the last couple of days say, well, you know, don't don't blame Marcus Smart. You know, Smart had a play great from January on. Yeah, he did. But in a series where you needed a ball handler, like you just said, Chris, that's not him. And White was worse. Well, White, I think, listen, they knew that that was an issue, Chris. Why do you think they went and traded for White, right? At the trade deadline, they weren't stupid. Brad Stevens and and Adoko knew we need a ball handler. They brought in White. They thought he could do that off the bench. And he he did well for the the season. But he was atrocious in those last couple of games. Atrocious. Because you hadn't placed the number two defense, especially up on the perimeter, to to do that stuff to you, and it was exposed. So now, you know, we'll talk in a second about, you know, where they go because – you're going to bang that drum again that you've been banging for a year and a half. And, and, and now 
you have the evidence, absolute evidence, to show that a guy like Beal needs to be here. Okay, so and we'll talk about that, but but Mark, the inexperience. See now, when something like that happens, you know, and and I don't like Kerr, but you got to tip your cap to him. He won the coaching battle here. Well, I he mean, did. he understood what needed to be done. He pulled those guys up top, and he 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 had them at like Chris. Max. How about the roster? How about the lineup change? The starting lineup change. He pulled you. You, you were you could you were amazed. You're like he had the balls to do it to 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 bring to start Porter. I mean, and, and give Poole as much as many minutes as he had and be Peyton. That takes a lot of nerve, man. And he's got the medal, though. He's got the experience. And when you have won three of them and you have veteran guys, let's not forget our stars, 20, 24, 25, 26. Curry is 34 years old. You got a decade in between those two guys. You got Steve Kerr that's been in that situation. Udoka has not. And you saw, saw it, Mark. And a more experienced coach, I'll bet you if you sat down with Udoka right now, and asked him, he would probably tell you, you know what? We needed to do, we needed to post up more. We need to take advantage of Draymond's age. We needed to get down and 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 Looney. We needed to have Williams do a little more. Which and Williams if Robin was Williams was healthy, Chris, I think it would have changed the series. But but listen, he just this is the I scene. think he would have behind me. See behind me right here. That's yeah. Marcus Smart right. telling everybody in the huddle to. Uh, this is the replay I'm watching to get up on Curry, to get up on Curry. But anyway, go ahead, Mark. Robert Williams, Chris, I think would have made a big, if he was 100% healthy, would have dominated this series because that was the one area that we, we needed to, to, to force the issue, but we didn't have anybody there to do it. No. And, then, and, so, and don't no, get me I wrong, know. I give him credit for doing what he did, Chris, because I'm going to tell you something. He was nowhere near 100%, and no. he gave you, I, I mean, he was blocking shots, playing some defense. He did the best he could. Yeah, he had five blocks in that in that game. Six should have had six blocks with that bad call. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah I mean, they should have been posting up more. They should have forced Golden State to drop down into the paint with their yep. perimeter guys, and that would have given space. They should have played from post out rather yes. than drive and dish. Absolutely. And they played drive and dish instead of post out, and they didn't do that. And you're right, Chris. Hoffman could play that game. Absolutely. Shit, they should have posted, try to post Tatum up, do something. They right. Do, exactly. Do different things. Because six eight. Kadem 6'8", he'll have his, have his way on any of those guys. And so they didn't do that. And that's the inexperience of the team. That's the inexperience of the coach yeah. and not being on the stage before. And, I, you know, and even Hawford said it. He's a vet. There were things in the, in the finals that happened that I wasn't expecting, let alone a 24-year-old. And I'm not giving him an out. I'm not giving an excuse. This is not an excuse. It's an explanation. Okay? And there's a difference between the two. So, you you know, and again, those guys get paid, too, over there. So, listen, give it listen, to them. I'm gonna, listen, to I'm going to say this. Listen, you're right. It's an explanation. It's not an excuse. And because we're the first people to give credit. Hey, we gave credit to Golden State. We didn't realize that they were that good defensively. And listen, and I'll say guys. this. Because there was, a, there was a question. You and I have had this debate during the course of the last year. The best player on the court in the finals was Steph Curry. It wasn't Tatum. Okay, and we've debated, we've debated that you and I, and, and Tatum will be obviously he's twenty four, but the best player on the court in that playoff series was Curry, and 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 earlier in the year we you thought no, with the best player on that court is going to be Tatum. It was it was veteran experience. Absolutely. They've been through wars, Chris. They've banged against LeBron. They've banged against all these teams. They're a veteran team who's been through wars. And when you've been through wars, we made the analysis, you and I, the other night. We were talking during that game six of when the Patriots went into Arrowhead. Yeah. 
Yeah. Listen, they had no business that year going up to Arrowhead and winning mm-hmm. that game in the AFC Championship. That was championship medal. That was experience. That was that was they've been through that team had been through wars that Patriot team, and there was yeah. no way they weren't coming out of there with a win. Because KC was a better team. KC was a yeah. I think overall they were probably a better team. Absolutely. Well, minus the quarterback. Minus but, the quarterback. Yeah. But the but Patriots had that championship medal. Yeah. And that's what Golden and, State has. And the other part of the inexperience, too, is you know, all season this was a problem, and they kind of tapered it, they kind of tempered it, but the begging for calls. Yeah. When 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 things weren't going right and the inexperience was showing, you saw the Celtics, and it's an ugly look. The begging for calls, begging for calls, especially with second-tier guys like Grant Williams, who really pissed me off. Grant Williams, what happened to him? He disappeared. He got he drank his Kool-Aid. He started to think more of him than he really is. You know, when when in those couple of series where he was hitting shot after shot after shot, especially in the Milwaukee series. So yeah, it's the inexperience, it's so on. And um So where do we go from here, Chris? Well, I think bang your drum again. Bang it. Because it's what we need. We need a ball handler. Who we gonna have? Who we gonna get? Who fits perfect? Listen, I've been telling you about I've been praying, I've been screaming for Beal for a year and a half. The only issue with Beal, and I looked at this last night. I don't know if how willing this how much the Celtics are willing to go over the cap and pay the, the penalty, right? Because to bring him in, it's gonna blow you, it's gonna blow you way out, which is okay. Teams do it all the time. Unless you do something with like maybe Hawford. You're gonna have to get creative. To You're gonna too. have to get creative with your with some of your roster moves. May have to dump some salary. And then if you bring in a guy like that, listen, yeah. the Celtics management has always said we have no problem blowing through the salary cap and paying uh, 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 the luxury money if we think we're a player away from winning a ring. We're not going to do it to, to, to not win it. And, and I think they showed this year they're, that one, they're one player away. You bring Beal in, Chris, and I think they, they win the championship without question. Listen, and based on that- what we just witnessed. They're that close. Yeah. Let's bring it home because with that guy, they don't lose that series. No, absolutely not. They don't absolutely lose that not. Absolutely not. So we got all the reasons and explanations as to why it was their fault and not mine. Okay. Therefore, I didn't let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> so weekly rewind was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? Specialsaucepodcast.com. Wait a minute, overall, though, it was a good season, right? Oh yeah, people are saying, "Well, they choked." No, Listen, you, it was a successful year. It was, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a wrap up a little bit next week. But yeah, I mean, you got to be happy. We wanted to break it down this week, the series. But next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about more of where they go and uh, wrap up. But yeah, absolutely a successful season. Hey, it's back. Catone's comments is next.
couple of things this week I want to talk about. Since I've been away with, you know, with this wrist. First of all, I want to talk about Corso's Crisis. What the hell was that? A couple of weeks ago, he does Corso's Crisis. Here we go. Here it is. Now, I got to address Corso's Crisis. Listen, all kidding aside. Be nice. I'm going to be nice. All kidding aside. I had had I had personal experience with exactly what he was talking about when when my son was like I don't know, he might have been like seven eight seven I think I, I coached his his instructional baseball team right me and, a, and another father and listen we had a nice group of kids we listen you're trying that age you're trying to teach kids how to play the game fundamentals how to get them ready when they get a little bit older they can you take those fundamentals and you learn you're seven years old this isn't the it isn't the New York Yankees, right? You're teaching them fundamentals. But it was competitive in the fact that they had playoffs, they had a championship, whatever, right? Okay, whatever. They're seven, eight, nine years old. Who cares? So at that point, I had three kids that could play. Three kids. I had my son and two other guys that, that, that could actually catch a baseball. The rest of them, they were just learning. They'd never put a glove on, for crying out loud. So we're teaching them basics. We're teaching them fundamentals. I had... One of the kids that could actually play a little bit, I had to make him the catcher so somebody could actually catch a baseball from the pitcher. I had the other kid at first, and I had one at short. And I, I right, I had the three only three kids I had that could play the game at those three positions. What are you gonna do? Well, we won, we won like one game all year, maybe two. I don't know, right? And then I, we went to the playoffs. Everybody made the playoffs because it was seven years old, and I think I think we won. We actually beat a team in the playoffs. Everybody was shocked. Right. Um, anyways, actually, no, no, I'm sorry. We didn't win a game all year. We went zero for the season, but we won a playoff game because they learned fundamentals. But anyways, there was a mother who was on us. Yeah, listen, if you saw what I did with that team, it was a miracle. And we won a playoff game. And in the semifinals, we had a lead in the fourth inning against a team that won it. We had no business being in it. But anyways, there was a mother all year who just tripped. And trip. Now my wife's sitting there and she's listening to it and listening to it. Doesn't say a word. Finally, we're in the playoff game. Now we're winning. We won the game. And she's swearing, these effing coaches, they suck. They don't know what they're doing. Ba, ba, ba. Right. So my wife finally turns around and says, Oh, first of all, these kids are seven years old. Second of all, that's my husband. I don't appreciate you swearing about him. I mean, he's, they're kids. They're seven years old. He's trying to teach them. He sucks. He doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. You know what? And she even said at the end of the game, she even said something to me because her son was in right field and, 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 and she was pissed off because she wanted the kid playing a different position. She wanted them pitching. She wanted them doing all this stuff. He was a little bigger than the rest of the kids, but Jesus Christ, the kid couldn't hit a beach ball. You, you want me to say it? The kid couldn't hit a beach ball. I, but I put up with these this crazy parent all year. Just to, 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 to piggyback what you're saying, Chris, it's insanity. It's pure insanity what, 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 you, what you're dealing with. And youth athletics and these parents, and, and they all think their kids are going to be Major League Baseball players and make millions of dollars, and it's going to be their gravy train. What, what, are you kidding me? Listen, let these kids go have fun, learn the game, make some friends, Make some friendships. It, 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 they'll have an experience that they'll never forget as they get older. But Jesus Christ, lay off the pressure on the kid. Lay off the pressure on the coaches who are volunteering to teach your kid how to play a particular sport. Come on. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Last thing this week I want to touch on. 
because the, the, the U.S. Open golf tournament is going on, and they've had this whole big thing about, you know, these golfers going to, to that live tour out in, in uh, Saudi Arabia, right? And this idiot, Phil Mickelson, and, and let me tell you something, he's a complete idiot. Okay, so he's trying to say, well, you know, this is the right, the good thing for my family. You know, it's not as much time invested. You're only going to play so many rounds. You know, I understand people, but this is this is my personal for my family. And all these other golfers are saying the same crap, right? Listen, say say what it is. Say what it is. You sold your soul. You sold your soul for guaranteed money to those 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 people out there, that government, the Saudi Arabian government, who everybody knows was involved, some, if not directly, indirectly funding 9-11. So you're, that's blood money that you're, you're going to make from these people in Saudi Arabia. They ought to be ashamed of themselves because Phil Mickelson got $200 million guaranteed. T tell everybody that's why you're there, Phil. Don't say, oh, it's, it's a convenient schedule. Listen, cut the crap. Tell everybody you're greedy, you're money hungry, you want the 200 million and end it. Don't come up with some bullshit story about why you're out in Saudi Arabia taking blood money from those people. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Every single one of those golfers ought to be ashamed of themselves. And then they want to compare these, these people on t the, the TV and these, these radio stations, these so-called experts want to, oh, we don't want to hear that. It's no different than free agency. That's bullshit. It is different than free agency. Free agents aren't going to work for a government with blood money who killed Americans and killed people and, and berate women and, 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 and torment and rape women. So th there's no comparison between free agency and the government that these golfers are going to now play for because they're paying them all this goddamn money. If Aaron Judge goes and plays for the San Francisco Giants next year for $350 million, there's nothing wrong with that. He's not going to work for a regime that kills people. So please don't compare it to free agency because it's not free agency. It's a disgrace what those people are doing. It's a disgrace. And that's just my personal opinion. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, uh, Mark, be careful of that arm, will you please? You keep flailing it all around over there. You, you looks like you're going to smash it's, it on no, something. No, it's stable, though. You can't move you know? I'm glad that you – let me just back up for one second, okay? I'm glad that you used the word piggyback, okay? You said I'm piggybacking off. Hey, Joe, when somebody's nervous, he's looking in his rearview mirror, isn't he? He's looking in the rearview mirror. He heard he heard Corso's crisis, and now he's saying, hey, you know, here he, here he, here he comes. Here he comes. Nah, Mark, listen, you're right. You're a 1,000% right. That's why I brought it up, and I knew you when you came back. Uh, you you would agree about the parents and about the ridiculousness of uh, of youth sports and how these parents are just absurd. It's crazy. They're just absurd. But and then to the second half of that, Mark, yeah, I mean, I, there's not much, there's not a hell of a lot more I can say about that than than what you've already said. Um, I thought that's somebody, what he was going to go into. Is that that's how he got the cast on his arm? Took the took that mother. <laughs> yeah, you hey, you, 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 the, <laughs> you know the, the last thing. One thing I do want to point out about the uh, that story you told about coaching the baseball and your wife coming to bat for you in in the in the in the stands i'm glad to hear that because up until now i just figured let me tell you why i get the call last week <laughs> while they're on their way to the hospital okay <laughs> and so his wife by the way joe it's about 40 minutes before the show's supposed to stop yeah, by the way yeah that's how my crisis 
kind of came about. Right, it was, yeah. And so now, yeah, listen, Corso Crisis was like, that was the crisis. That, right was, there. The, that <laughs> was the panic right there, not having my partner. So I get the call, and I had his wife on the phone, immediately starts yelling. Yeah, I, what, I said, what, what's going on? She says, oh, he's a pain in the ass. He fell, fell off the ladder, the moron. He, she says, he's such a pain in my ass, and on and on. And I said, hey, how's the guy with the broken arm doing? <laughs> so, that's the guy. so I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that you get some support sometimes, Mark. So Thank you, yeah. Well, good yeah. stuff. Welcome back. By the way, I fell off the ladder. You think my neighbor would have helped me up? No. Why should he? You pushed him down in the snow and laughed at him. Oh, wait, you see what I do to him next winter now. <laughs> this is like one of those movies. Put a video camera up for that. Well, that's well, what my son said. My son said we could have get one of those. We should have had one of those video doorbells so we could have saw the fall. You tell your son I'm coming for him for blaming me. I'm coming. <laughs> so uncle's coming. Mark, welcome back. Catone's comments was presented by Studio 42 Designs. And listen, we want to now hear, want to hear from one of you in Heated Hotline right now. And uh, it's it's the same from last week because I know Mark has some things to talk about when it comes to the Bruins. So, Joe, we ready? Yeah. Heated Hotline. Sonny from Cranston. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand why the Bruins fired Cassidy. It should be Sweeney that fired that fired. He's the one who keeps making all the crappy picks, and so now they want to trade Pasternak and get a top five pick, which is useless, because that moron Sweeney is making the pick. They need to get their heads out of their asses and clean house. Right, guys? Hey, Sonny, again, once again this week, thank you for the call, Sonny and Cranston. Excellent call. Mark, I gave my take uh, nauseum um, last week, as you pointed out. So, What's your what, how do you respond to that? I 100% agree with the with the caller. That's that, that's a great call. Listen, what what do they think a coach? Well, I'll get into I'll get into the coaching in a little bit, but what do they think management is going to do with 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 uh, uh, trading pastor that for what for that this imbecile and then. You got Neely, like that's your day, which is Neely. Listen, Neely hires the GM. This firing of Cassidy was orchestrated by Neely because it's going to save Neely's ass. What's Neely going to say? Yeah, the general manager's going to go, the coach is going to go. I hired them both, but I'm going to stay. Yeah, I would have been better if they got rid of everyone. They should have got rid of everybody. The call is 100% right. 100% right. They should have got rid of everybody because, listen, they have no young talent on the team. Why is that? Because they can't draft. You brought up, Chris, several months ago, the amount of talent in the Hockey East. Oh. All you're going to do is just look at Hockey East and draft on those guys. It's not that difficult. You're not going to look anywhere else but your backyard. Yeah. The whole conference has got NHL players in it. And and you got no young talent on this team. Look at Colorado. Look at look at that the kid, the, the defenseman. What, what, what was he? He was like, he's one of the best players in the league. Young oh, yeah. kid. Played in UMass Boston. He played in Boston. I think he played and in UMass. I know, and I know a guy on, on Colorado, Andre Burkowski, the, 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 the game winner the other night. Yeah, okay. he says it too. They're loaded. Loaded. They're loaded with guy, young way, that talent. Dude's playing, that dude's playing with a broken ankle. Okay, that dude's playing with it. Like, well, a, hockey a, guy's a got a different, ankle, hockey guy's got a different mentality, right? But go ahead, but, yeah. But yeah, but Cassidy, listen, 
I told you, Chris, during this, the playoff series against Carolina that Cassidy can't make in-game adjustments, right? He waits until after the game, and he makes an adjustment. But on the fly, Cassidy couldn't make adjustments, in my opinion. And if he did, they were very minimal, and they didn't affect the game, okay? And as a head coach in hockey, you got to be able to make in-game adjustments, and, and he couldn't. However, to make him the scapegoat? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When you looked at the talent on the back end, those back end lines, whose fault is that? It's not, Cass- not Cassidy reason. didn't bring those guys in. Yeah, I agree. He's not the reason. That's a bunch of bullshit. You got rid of him and you kept uh, the other guys? You didn't like the message. Oh, they don't like the message because he's hard on the plays. He's tough on the plays. The brusque, you know, the writing was on the wall. When they gave the brusque contract, you yeah, kind of saw was on the wall. Yeah, what was going to happen there. And you brought that up when we, when we discussed it a couple months back, but. Yeah, Mark, he, he was for sure the scapegoat. They didn't like it. And about 30 seconds later, he's the Vegas coach, you know? Yeah, that, you know? that didn't last. He didn't stay on the market too long, did he? No. And so and, and what I loved, it was the first time I heard somebody really press a GM or a coach in a press conference, and they let him have it. And you know, they, they asked Sweeney, why him and why not you? Yeah, well, well I think it, what did Sweeney say? Uh, he, he bumbled and stumbled and the yeah. message and the message and the message. Oh, and the Jacobs family. They're very involved. They're not involved. You got six kids over there living all over the world. They don't give shit. They're listening to Neely. What do you think? Neely's going to get rid of his 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 line mate, his his uh, teammate from the eighties. That's not going to happen because then Listen, he's got to go. The lack of talent on that roster. Who do you blame for that? Got to be. Has to be the guy to pick, putting the roster together. It has to be. I mean, what are you going to do? No coach is going to fix the lack of talent no. on that roster. Chris, no one. And, 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 and now, look, now you've got Witcher Colts out, right, to start the season. Um, Marshawn's out. Marshawn's out. McAvoy's out. McAvoy's out. You don't know if Bergeron's going to retire. What, right. what the hell kind of a team are they going to have next year? You're going well, to get a new coach to do what? Just do a complete rebuild? Because you're not going to make the playoffs. And looking at the prospects, you know, there are two guys they haven't narrowed down to, and I think one, really. The, kid, the guy, Quinn, that coached the Rangers, right? Yeah, Dave, Dave Quinn and Jay Leach. Leach okay, is the assistant the in Seattle, time. right? Yeah, and, and Leach used to coach uh, the P Bruins over, over in your neck of the woods. He so, should get the job, I'm thinking. Well, I think it's going to be Quinn. And the thing, Oh, you do? Uh, okay. I do. I think it's going to be Quinn. He's, a Ro- he's from Rhode Island. He's a local guy. Um, yeah, here's the problem. He's from Rhode Island. He's from Rhode Island. Uh, his co- what, what, he's been with the Rangers now. This is the issue I have with this guy. He he's a he's a not not that I have this issue, but he's a positive guy. He's a player's kind of coach, that kind of dude, um, which is fine for a veteran team. But you, then you better hope number thirty-seven comes back to control things on the ice. But he he coached them from seventeen to twenty-one, the New York Rangers. Okay, he was ninety-six. Eight, he had a a fifty fifty-two percent uh, winning percentage. Okay, uh, one playoff where they got dusted by Toronto. Um, and and that was, yeah, that may have been in the bubble. So he wasn't good. He wasn't good as a head coach. Then he, you know, he has some experience coaching our guys. He coached McAvoy, Grizzlick at Boston University for a while. But even there, he didn't, you know, he wasn't, he didn't win. You know, he didn't win. And then he coached the U.S. team, um, you know, which they had a fifth place finish. In the world, uh, couple, yeah, but you know what's funny, so, I mean, the Chris, point I'm is, making is he's is he really is he really the guy? Well, the Rangers went further this year, right? As soon as right, as soon as the other dude took over, they made the conference finals, right? So I mean, and they they had a two zero lead against Tampa, 
Right. And they blew so that's it, why but... I moved for Colorado so hard because I can't stand Tampa. I want, and again, I get somebody I know on the yeah. team. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the hell with Tampa. But so, Mark, I don't know. I kind of like Leach a lot, a little better. No, he has a little more, uh, more success. No, you know, I, I think yeah, I, I would give the kid Leach a chance. I mean, I don't, I, you know, Quinn, his track record shows you he can't win. Like, well, he's not going to win. Like, okay, he's five hundred, little above five hundred. Okay, big deal. And and if y'all gonna bring in young, if y'all gonna have to do a total rebuild and bring in young guys, I think Leach would probably fit that format better, fit that better than than a guy like Quinn. A guy like Quinn, okay, what you want? Well, you want to bring in a players coach for what purpose? You're getting rid of the veterans. The veterans gonna go. If you're gonna do a rebuild, well, if Bergeron retires, okay, so how much longer are you gonna have guys like Marshawn? They're not gonna be here much longer. So you're gonna have to guys like McElvoy and these other younger guys are the guys you're gonna have to build with. Absolutely. And so that, we'll see. Tune in because we're going to we're going to follow this throughout the whole summer in the offseason and see what they do, uh, see what Bergeron does, see what they do in free agent, how they're going to band-aid this team until some of those guys come back and who's going to be standing uh, behind the bench for them. So Heated Hotline was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com. Allow us to be your voice. Hey, coming up, the same question I asked last week and I ask it of Mark now. Bill, why can't we call the plays? Why can't we call the plays? That's what's real, and that's next. Time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20 plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Back in with more Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. And uh, Joe, did we lose Mark again? We did, did but I thought you were coming out with a, uh, you know, a real deal take. So we're like, oh, let's put him in the, the uh, close-up right now. Get your real deal going. Well, listen, uh, that's that's the deal. That's the same question from last week. And if Mark gets, I'm sure Mark will be with us again. Uh, Joe, is Mercury in uh, retrograde today? <laughs> no, no, not anymore. But, um, I, but I think we I got him what, back. I don't so, know what the hell happened. I just went, just, so listen, the, the question is again, why can't we call the plays, Bill? That's the real deal. We ready for it? I want to hear Mark's take. Oh, yeah. All right, Joe, let's have it. What are you writing now? So I'm working over here. You're talking about nonsense. I'm working. That's why we are the real deal. <laughs> it's going to be real. So the Patriots uh, wrapped up their mini camp last week. They canceled uh, this week's. Um, they were supposed to have three more practices. Bill canceled it. Not not new. Nothing new. Uh, no. Things he's done before. And there's been a lot of teams around the league that have done that this week that have canceled the last three yes, practices. He was over in Boston helping the Bruins pick their roster. <laughs> right. He was helping me order the uh, the Celtics hat and T-shirt for uh, 
from Mark. But uh, anyway, so the question I asked last week, Mark, um, to everyone out there is why can't we call the plays? The big deal of the week was talking about who's calling the plays, what was Patricia's role, who was relaying things into Mac Jones on the offense, and how much of a role was Bill having? And I know you have a lot of some players you want to get to and talk about. We will for sure do that. But right there, Mark, what's going to be the situation? How concerned should we be? I think you've brought it up in the past. Listen, I know that Judge and Patricia are getting a, 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 a shitload of abuse because, you know, they're not a great manager of people, right? But that doesn't mean that they don't have X's and O's knowledge and ability, right? Like you always say, we had the best special teams in the league, and Judge was a big part of that for a couple of years. And Patricia, say what we want. I hate, I hate that bend but don't break. That's what I told everybody last week. Everybody hates that crap. But we had a top 10 defense pretty much every year, even though I hated it. I think Patricia has knowledge. And if you're not the face and you're a little bit more in the background and you're not the manager of the men, Belichick is the manager of the men. If he's going to have that much of a heavy hand and you've got Patricia calling plays for you, listen, I think that could work. I mean, I'm not blowing that up to to make it as big of an issue as all these other people are. The bottom line is this. In the NFL, you win with talent. And if you got the talent on that side of the ball, you're going to win. And our problem the last two or three years has been we haven't had the talent on that side of the ball to make a difference and to win games against teams like Buffalo and Kansas City. So if that changes, I honestly, calling the plays isn't what is going to make or break us, I don't think, at this point. Don't get me wrong. Long range? I don't think those guys are going to be calling plays. I think there's probably another plan for that. But I think this is a a, a, a bridge to, to that point. The only, the, the only pushback you'll get on this, okay, and, and you hear it and, and, and me a little bit, is I agree with you in game prep, week, man, week prep for a game, game planning. Um, Bill's clearly going to be a major, major part of the offense, which, hey, listen, He's the best. He's the best. Co- best coach in the building, Bill Belichick. So I would assume that whatever side of the ball, whatever whatever he focuses its attention on, should get better. I, I would I would hope and imagine that's happening. Yeah. When when did we ever say, you know, they lost this game because of the assistant coach? However, however, we have said many times the the play calling sucked today. The play calling wasn't good. Listen, I don't problems. necessarily know, Chris, the last two years, if I've been that impressed with McDaniel. No, I, I'm with you. But the point I'm making is we've attributed some issues, some losses, some potential breakdowns late in the game, game management with play calling. We've attributed some of that to the assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Not only that, what we're talking about with Patricia with defense. I don't know how much experience he actually has in the offensive side of the ball. And that's one of the issues too. So he and judge are getting a learning that as well. And you're trying to do that with a, a a professional unit right now. That's that, that have added a lot of good parts to that offense. And you're going to talk about that in a second. Um, And so that's the concern. It isn't so much. Do they know football is, do they know offense? And is there going to be a breakdown during the game? Because Belichick, he can't call the play. I mean, if he calls the plays or he's, he's too in deep there, deep, 
there's going you're going to have a loss of game management now. You're going to have something that's missing on timeouts, you know, situational football, which is what they do. Yeah. It's situational football. And on top of that, uh, is Mayo and 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 Belichick number 2 ready? To be I think listen, I think I think Mayo could, but I don't think he can give him the reins over his son. Right. So that's a lot to see coming up. Um you know, and that's a lot to take out of mini camp and, and blow up. I mean, I, a lot of that has to do with these guys have nothing to talk about. Of really. course, it's a th- it's a t- it's a quiet time, so you're gonna you're so, gonna come up with something, right? Right. So, but take a look. What did you see on the field? So, a couple of things, Chris. One couple of things I wanted to run by you, and and, and I think you hear it, but I don't think the, the casual fan necessarily understands it, right? So, yeah. I I want you to expound on it a little bit for us. So, two things. First of all, Tyron Thornton, the the, the second round draft pick, the um the wide receiver. So one of the things, obviously he's got speed. His speed is real. It's not just, oh, he flashes. No, he's got real speed on the field, game speed. It's game speed, right? And and I think you kind of got a glimpse of that, that it's game speed, right? Which is something we haven't had here in, in quite a long time. But anyways, we kind of asked during, you know, they, they do the interviews during these, these mini camps and he's made it to again. And he said, one of the things he's really working on off the breaks and, and working on in his routes is his arms. And, and 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 how what is that why is that important for a receiver what does that mean that he's working on his arm movement and his arms and his breaks and and what does that mean well a couple of things starting you know starting off from 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 when they break the huddle and he and he gets he gets lined up you first your hand fighting and, and, and your positioning of your hands off the ball you see a lot of receivers now they take their hands and they put them on their hips like this yeah you know? okay you see all the kids do it too except they don't know why they're doing it it's it's a way to get your hands up and where you need them to be quicker, okay? Okay. Uh, versus dangling down in front of you, you know. The, the, what I've always learned is if you're gonna if you're a guy that takes a half a beat to get bring your hands up to start playing, start there, begin there. Don't begin with them down if you're a guy that plays with them up, okay? So that's first of all is hand movement, is hand positioning, and fighting off the ball. Then with a lot of what they're talking about with arm movement is and hand movement is when you show a great great receiver and you go everybody out there go look this season and watch these good receivers Devontae Adams and, and, and people like that they don't show their hands to the point of the catch until the very last second and that's tough on a defensive back because a lot of time D-backs are in kind of that trail position where they're playing a little window and they're looking for your hands they're looking for eye movement arm movement and yeah, because he made it a point to say he was working on his arm movement. Yeah, because and the way you come out of breaks and how you use your arms, it's a big machine. It all works together, your whole body. And when you're moving with skill positions, it all works together. So when you're coming out of breaks, when you're bad, breaking, coming down, dropping the ass, turning back to the quarterback, where your arms are and how quickly they can come up to the ball matters. And that's, to me, what he's talking about. I, I didn't talk to him, but I think – that's what he's because people are throwing that out there. And I'm like, okay, so what does that actually mean for a receiver? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, we're the real deal. So, so, so we're going to tell you what that means because these other shows, they, they say, Oh yeah, he's what, but what does that actually mean? They don't yeah, even I mean, know what it means. You know what I mean? That, that I, to me is, is what it is. And that's why I think, you know? o, uh, that's why I think OTAs and mini camps are, are really for the benefit of the offensive side of, of the ball. Yeah. But yeah, Mark, he's blown by our defensive backs. Oh yeah. And he's, you know, and he's, and his hands are real strong. You know, I, yeah. I put a lot of value in that. Yeah. And, and the other thing, Chris, they said that they've, they've been doing a lot more of is, which I think needs a little bit of explanation, is the um, the zone scheme, 
right? A lot of zone scheming and, and running the ball, and, and and they've really simplified, I think, the passing attack, Chris, where yeah. they're saying it's going to be a lot less of the read on on the go, and it's going to be more of slant and and, and position and, and, and crossing, and, but it's not going to be as much as that, okay, here's the break, read it, and he, you're going to make your decision. That I think he's trying to simplify that as well. So those two things, Chris, the zone, the more so zone the, scheme. You're talking about the running game. The, the zone running blocking. game, the zone blocking, and in the passing game, the simplifying of, of what they do in the passing game. Yeah, I think I think with the running game, you know, the zone blocking scheme, you're basically you're basically running to an area, okay? And you, when you you see this when you have athletic line uh, defense uh, offensive linemen, strange, which which strange. is which is and by the way, he's looked good. He he's looked good in the sense of his attitude. He's nasty. What you want in a guard? He seems nasty. He seems aggressive. He's getting in fights even with the offensive players. He's getting into pushing contests. And Belichick loves that crap, and so do we. So he's showing already. We always liked the player. We didn't like the where they picked him. So. With the zone blocking, yeah, they're basically letting people go on an end of a uh, defensive side of the ball. You know, they're basically saying, we don't worry about blocking out there. It's not hat on hat on hat on hat. When you have athletic linemen. Which is traditionally can, what we've done. Right, and you can pull you can pull center. You can pull the guards. You can pull two guards. Atta- you know, I don't know about the tackles. But, you, you know, with us, those fat asses. But, you know, when you have athletic guards like that, you want to you want to block through a zone, and you want to you want to. It's numbers, it's numbers. It's a numbers game. We got more than you have in this area. We're gonna let that side go, and we're gonna we're gonna zone block to this area. And we're gonna put all the we're gonna put all our guys in this particular spot, and we're gonna let the running back find the seam. You know, which and that is kind me, of a lot of is what a lot of those West Coast teams used to you do. You saw right? Pittsburgh do it with with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Remember how Le'Veon Bell used to kind of stand there yes. when he'd get the ball and kind of wait? Yep. That's that's what you're looking at, that okay. sort of thing. Okay. And with the passing game, I think they're trying to – it's always been a real complicated – anybody who's ever come through the system, Reggie Wayne and his end, Joey Galloway, good receivers that understood, couldn't handle it. There's so many route combinations. You talk to Julian – listen to Julian Edelman. Go Google it, YouTube, whatever. Find some of what he talks about with the, with the passing scheme in New England. It's complicated, especially when you play inside. You know, not so much on the outside, but the inside. So many different row combinations, read routes, all that kind of stuff. And that's fine when you have TB over there, quarterback. But when you have a young quarterback, now you have to be more specific and say, okay, let's simplify it. You know, the routes are the routes. There's not as many combinational options. That's really what I think you're going to see with them. And that may be better, Mark. Yeah, I think it will be. And Devontae Parker, Chris, he he's legitimate. Listen, I know people were like, ah, he was eating that dude. Listen. He didn't have much in Miami to play with him. No. I think this kid's going to be legit, Chris. The kid, no, I'd I think like the pick this, up. Kid's, this kid's going to be a legit. Uh, he's going to be a. I, he's going to put up big numbers here, I believe. And I, believe. I don't get him back to Thornton. I don't think they're going to redshirt him because okay. playing the X, playing the outside, it's limited. You, you, you kind of, you kind of job is your job. There's not a lot of reading being done. This some, but not not a ton. So, and we get it going. But tell me. Uh, Give me a take on Mac. I spoke on this. Tell me, give me your take on Mac Jones. Listen, I think Mac Jones is 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 taking more of that. Listen, I'm going to use this line, alpha male, because we just talked about it. Where we don't know if Tatum's there yet. He may be. I think Jones, at this young of age, Chris, is that alpha male. I mean, he stopped a passing drill 
to show them what he expected the receiver to do. And, and instead of sliding, he wanted the precise cut instead of sliding it towards the sidelines. And he actually got in the route and showed them and said, this is what I want to, this is what I want. So great. She's in much better shape. I know you had said last week, I listened to you. You said you wanted him to get a little more muscular and bigger, but he's definitely in better shape. And I think the work he did with Tom House, Chris, for his arm strength, some of those passes, similar to the Mika Hyde pass that Mika Hyde picked off against Buffalo, he threw a couple of those. I know it's minicamp, but he threw a couple of those types of balls in minicamp on a dime. He couldn't make those throws last year. Yeah, you get more on offense out of minicamp than you do on defense. Yeah. Two things to look at, two guys to look at, pay attention to, the two the two big goofs on the ends. Uh, we may have a problem with tackle, Brown and Wynn. So yeah. let's let's pay close attention to that, and we'll be talking about this all summer leading up to training camp. Real Deal was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? SpecialSaucePodcast.com. Guys, flew by, flew by. Mark, it's great to have you back. Joe, you as well. Good to have you back, and thank you all for joining us. Get online all week long. All our shows are up for you to watch, listen to. We want to hear your superstitions. We Email us. Let us know what all your sports superstitions are. And, uh, hey, come back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking Yankees-Red Sox again, and we'll wrap up the Celtics season and, and where they go from there. And, look, anything you bring to the table, we'll be ready for it. We're Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. See you next Saturday. <laughs>